everyone, and welcome to Sort of My Podcast number 89. My name is Vincent Herman, Vin the Human, and this is the show where an absolute nobody from Ohio tells you the nerd news and gives you his opinion on it, unsolicited, of course. So let's jump into the first thing I want to talk about here. First thing I want to talk about is actress and cosplayer Angel Gaiufria and her best friend Trace Wilson, both amputees who came to San Diego Comic-Con 2019 as Jedi and Sith with lightsaber attachments for their amputated arms. That alone is just awesome cosplay. Uh, But add on to that the fact that she looks kind of like Carrie Fisher and even hopes for a Star Wars edition in the future and Mark Hamill took notice of this. It's just a cool story all around. Uh, The initial story actually made the rounds back during the beginning of August. Uh, I guess most of the posts were made towards the end of July, Uh, but it's only making it to me now. I just wanted to point out, we we have uh, this posted, this article posted on sort of my comics on Facebook, and I will leave the link down below. But just the idea of an amputee lightsaber attachment for a Jedi or a Sith is something I would love to see in in the movies or a show or something live action. And look, here's an actress who wants to do it, who kind of looks like, you know, one of the legendary figureheads of Star Wars. So, hey, why not? Lucasfilm, I know you listen closely to this. You're one of the infamous 10 who listen to this podcast. So, so hey, let's get on it. Let's uh, Your people call my people, and both of our people will call her people, and then her people will call my people first. Let's not confuse that. And then maybe I'll refer them back to Lucasfilm. But let's get this going for sure. Uh, second thing I want to talk about. I recently learned about the existence of a Golden Age comic character because they're they're the most recent addition to uh, Marvel's Contest of Champions, and that character's name is Black Widow. But this Black Widow, named Clairvoyant, uh, actually predates the popular Natasha Romanoff by 24 years and appeared in 19, first appeared in 1940's Mystic Comics number 4 from Timely Comics, which I'm hoping a lot of you know eventually became Marvel. Uh, what's more, they released this uh, character origins description uh, to explain the character from the 40s. And I want to go over that real quick with you because it's pretty cool. Clairvoyant was a medium who communicated with the dead through supernatural means. Killed by a client in a job gone wrong, Voyant is sent to hell where Satan gives her the ability to kill with a single touch, sending her back to Earth to avenge her own death. After avenging her murder, Voyant returns to Satan, who, no longer content to wait for evil souls to die a natural death, charges her with bringing more souls to him. That is so rad. Fuck, that is a cool story. And I'm I'm actually kind of excited to kind of try and find this, dig it up so I can read it myself. But if they were to reintroduce this character, and I really, I need to do a little more research because maybe they have. Maybe this character is running around the Marvel Universe somewhere and I'm just not aware of it. But if they haven't, I I feel like the introduction of this character is either a nice nod to the original Black Widow because the Black Widow movie is coming out in months. Uh, (laughs) 
I can't remember the release date of it, but it's coming out very soon. And it could just be about that. Or maybe they are about to, you know, rebirth the character in the Marvel Universe. And if so, I'm probably going to grab that book because that story sounds awesome. Uh, and if that is not the case, like myself, I suggest you guys get out there and learn a little bit more of that. You know, I can't be any clearer on that. But yeah. That's just a little nugget of information that uh, I learned for the first time. I'm sure some of you will be learning for the first time. And if not, you know, go fuck yourself. Uh, uh-huh. I don't have to know everything that you know. God, assumptionary prick. Assumptionary about my assumptions. <laughs> what? I don't know where that bit's going. Uh, moving on, we're going to talk about a Birds of Prey teaser. Uh, a new teaser for the movie Birds of Prey, the marvelous emancipation of Harley Quinn. Somehow, without actually having written that into the script of this episode, I remember that. I don't I don't know why. It's a ridiculous title. But anyways, this teaser is exclusive to theatrical showings of It Chapter 2, another property of Warner Brothers. Uh, and reports are saying it's uh, kind of similar to the See You Soon teaser from January, which if you remember forever ago back, me talking about that one, uh, not that impressive. And in fact, I, you know, look, I, I am of two minds about comic book movies. If the story is great, you know, I can be a little more forgiving of things like, ah, oh, this character's costume's not on point, or ah, they changed a little bit about this guy's origins or whatever. But when when the movie's not, it's at least nice to say you got the fan service. To at least walk out saying, yeah, but wasn't so-and-so's costume fucking awesome? Didn't they nail these origins? Wasn't this character at least portrayed, like, really well? You know, it's nice to come out with at least something nice to say about these films. And from the teaser, it's clear we're not going to get the fan service costumes. And with as poor as I think a production of Suicide Squad was, you know, I'm, I'm a little worried about this one too. Rightfully so. Of course, you know, I haven't seen the film, so I'm saving judgment until that day. True judgment. But right now, these are just the inklings that I'm getting. Uh, no news on if it will officially be released online. There was something from Comic-Con, I want to say, that leaked, but that was quickly taken down. I don't know if it was this or not, but we will see moving forward. As the article stated from comicbookresources.com, it kind of seems like this is going to be exclusively for theaters and play out the entirety of its theatrical run, its Chapter 2, that is. So we'll see. I don't know. Honestly, from what I'm hearing, it's not too grandiose. It's not an actual trailer. It's not an actual teaser. It's just a little like, oh, hey, here's some jokes about clowns. Because I'm Harley Quinn. See the movie! Eh, you know, I can go the rest of my life without that. But uh, what I cannot go the rest of my life without is playing... The Lion King games. Uh, the classic games, uh, both Aladdin and Lion King, are returning to consoles for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch with full 
HD re-releases with multiple versions and features. So let's go through some of these real quick. Disney's Aladdin will be available with the Sega Genesis version, Game Boy version, a Super Game Boy version, and a Final Cut, whatever that means, uh, as well as a trade show demo, which has been made playable for the first time in the history of the game. That is pretty cool, especially for game history aficionados. Uh, the Lion King will be made available in the Sega Genesis version, the Super Nintendo version, Game Boy version, and the Super Game Boy version. Now, me not being that aforementioned video game history aficionado, uh, I'm kind of interested to see what these Super Game Boy versions are. I'm not, I'm aware of what the Super Game Boy was, but I wasn't aware that there was some different version of these games for that uh, add-on to the Super Nintendo console. Uh, I purely am just excited for <laughs> the Genesis versions of these games uh, and kind of kind of into the idea of the Super Nintendo version of The Lion King. I never played it. I've seen gameplay. I know it varies largely from the Sega version, uh, and the Sega version was the one that I had. And if I remember correctly... And as notorious as it's known, it's a very hard game, and memory is key. Uh, <laughs> which I probably can't remember to do any of it. I'm too old to sit there for hours and hours and hours and figure it out, and uh, I will probably give up very quickly. It doesn't mean I don't want it, knowing those facts. But there's also those aforementioned features that are going to be in there, uh, which there will be a watch mode, which allows players to skip to any part of the game and even rewind uh, a behind-the-scenes museum with concept art and character sheets and a soundtrack, which is pretty cool because I remember, I don't really remember the soundtrack from Aladdin, but I remember the soundtrack from The Lion King. It was pretty good for, you know, 16-bit console. It was a pretty damn good soundtrack. I really enjoyed it. Uh, and, and it speaks to the fact that I can still remember some of it to this day because, guys, for fuck's sake, I can't honestly tell you more than apple butter on toast what I had for breakfast. I know I had way more than that. Ah, I think some oatmeal was in there. Did I drink coffee first or was it almond milk? I don't know, but at least I've got that sweet soundtrack from the Lion King Sega Genesis video game. Uh, this is going to be available in the fall. I don't think a specific release date has been announced yet. Uh, the article I read just said available fall 2019. So we will have to wait for beta breath for this to drop like three days after we get paid and go, oh, fuck. Okay, well, now I got to wait a little longer because I didn't factor this into my budget. If you're anything like me, I budget a lot. I, 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 I budget. I budget. Anyways, uh, yeah, so if you have a certain Pokemon card, you will not be poor as fuck, and I wish I had this card, but let's dig into a rare Charizard card recently sold on eBay for over $10,000, and before you, like, start scrambling for the old binders, no, it's not the original one, no, you don't have a mistake card from the 90s that is going to, you know, like, solve some 
problems uh, financially. No, uh, this is a very specific card and why I am going to go ahead and dig into. So if you are a collector and you were not aware of this somehow, then these are the various steps that you're going to have to go through to get this kind of card. First, uh, it is a part of the Hidden's Hidden Fates uh, set, which is a special mini set that's especially tough to find in stores. Rather than being sold in traditional booster boxes or booster packs, Hidden Fates booster packs only come in specific products like the Mewtwo and Mew collection boxes, the Legendary Birds Elite Trainer box, or a Gyarados, Raichu, Mewtwo, or Charizard tin. Uh, If that doesn't make it hard enough to find, then you've actually got to pull the Charizard GX, which is one of 45 different Pokemon GX cards. So that's a 1 in 45 chance uh, on top of whatever other odds there are due to how many cards could possibly be (laughs) in the back. Uh, I don't know those numbers. Here I wrote that stuff down, feeling real good. I'm like, oh man, you know, 1 in 45, that's going to sound smart. That'll show I'm, I'm not a moron. Uh, yeah, but here we are once again. In addition, it also features a shiny vault where select Pokemon have been reprinted in their shiny form. Uh, Add it all together with a black label grading from Beckett, meaning it was in absolute perfect condition, which is almost unheard of, and taking into consideration Charizard's immense fan base, and you've got yourself a four-figure piece of cardboard in your hands. Uh, other non-graded shiny GX Charizards are going for somewhere around three to $400 in good condition. So that gives you kind of an idea of what we're dealing with here. All of these specific factors uh, coming together with a black label rating, that is impressive. That had to have come right off the line. I'm sorry. There is no dude who just pulled it out of a pack and got a black label rating. Uh, and if he did, he probably did this with like precision surgical equipment type shit and gloves and a hazmat environment and removed it from the pack and uh, didn't let himself feel any excitement because the slightest shudder of his hand might bend a corner, send it off to Beckett. But yeah, wow, impressive. So if you have been looking for ways to get these booster packs, uh, I hope that gives you some examples and some headings of things you need to look for in stores uh, because apparently that is where those cards are. It, it, hell, this even has me kind of wanting to go out and buy a couple of these fucking things. 20 bucks to get 10 grand? Uh, yeah, let's do that. But uh, one thing I don't want to do is do this final story. We've got one more, one more news story I felt we needed to we needed to follow up on, especially if you heard last week's episode. Last week's episode, I went into the Spider-Man, Sony, Disney, MCU situation, and it was uh, I didn't really talk too much about the facts. Again, I want to reiterate, please do not just read article titles and spew it as knowledgeable as you are informed because you're not you didn't read the article and you're just a mouthpiece for other people's opinions who probably didn't read that article either they just read the title so please again be informed before you give your opinion because if you don't care enough to actually look into the thing you claim to give a shit about then you don't actually give a shit about it anyways 
not going into all of that again. That was like probably the longest part of the last episode. But uh, we have a follow-up, an unfortunate follow-up, because Sony CEO Tony, here we go with the last names, Vinci Cuera, Vinci Cuera, maybe I got that right, uh, made it official at the Variety Entertainment and Tech Summit and was quoted as saying, Spider-Man was fine before the event movies, did better with the event movies, and now that we have our own universe, he'll play off the other characters as well. I think we're pretty capable of doing what we have to do here. No, you're not. Vince Aquare uh, <laughs> once again touted the success of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse as proof that the studio is capable of going it solo in the superhero genre, even though, once again, reiterating from the last episode... <laughs> studio interference or a lack thereof was the reason that movie did well uh according to cbr.com comic book resources again the sony ceo did however drop a cryptic hint that the wall crawler may return to the mcu at some point in the distant future and later acknowledged that sony is aware of the ongoing fan backlash but one of the things that came out of this statement because obviously that is a bummer and now that we are here, as I said in the last episode, so please, d- d- there are time codes in the description of that episode, episode 88. Uh, just skip ahead to that if you want to know my full, drawn-out, elaborated opinions. And there was a comment down below that kind of clarifies that a little bit, too, because somebody, uh, well, not just somebody, a, a very uh, attentive listener to the show, Stephen, uh, he... Uh, pointed out something about <laughs> he made a joke basically uh, ab- about my boycott of Sony led Marvel films and that somehow prompted me to post this really long explanation uh, explaining that even though he was just joking and I, I acknowledge that Steven I am sorry <laughs> so because I kind of let loose a little bit more than I forgot to say in the last episode but anyways uh, yes, I am boycotting Marvel Sony films uh, from here moving forward. There is a slight chance that if they don't just up and 100% reboot the Spider-Man movies, uh, solo Spider-Man movies, which is a possibility, and even if they keep Tom Holland, I'm not going to go watch those. But uh, if they continue the story sans uh, MCU and play off of that big huge fucking moment in the mid credits of Spider-Man Far From Home there is a possibility they'll get my butt in the seat for that but that is not for them I'm not doing that for them I'm doing that to see what happens to Spider-Man post that shit uh the MCU Spider-Man in my estimation but if it's just a reboot it's not the MCU Spider-Man and I have to stick by my guns there but no I will not be seeing uh Venom 2 I will not be seeing Morbius uh fuck those films and fuck Sony uh of course they don't give a shit about my ticket price and there's no way tens of millions of people will join me in this thing to actually prove a point to them but hey makes me feel a little better in this bullshit moment But one thing I did want to shine a light on, as I was saying, there was another uh, article that came out because of this, and that was uh, the Russo brothers uh, talked about their lack of surprise over this news. Uh, Joe Russo stating, uh, quote, it wasn't easy. Kevin went through a lot. There were a lot of ups and downs, and he kept walking into our office, and we'd go, look, 
we've got to do it with Sony. And he'd go, okay, I'll figure it out, and walk back to his. He was looking for the way out. He wanted to open that door and have us go, we figured it out, we don't need Spider-Man, because it's a lot of work to get two major corporations to play nice with each other. And the fact that it happened at all, we should all be dancing and celebrating what little we, uh, that we... Uh, <laughs> That we got that little bit of time. And he's not wrong. You know what? Look, I'm still not happy about the situation. I'm still going to stick by my guns on the Sony boycott. I don't need to see those movies. I really, honestly, on the other side of Venom, I don't feel like I needed to see that movie. I barely felt like I needed to see it going into it. So, you know what? This is just going to save me some money. I'll probably go watch something that's not a superhero movie because I'll have the money that I would have spent from that to go see some of these other films. There are some brilliant films coming out recently, and a lot of them I've missed. I have to catch them on the uh, on uh, rental, digital rental, when I get a chance or when they go up. Uh, yeah, so, nah, I'm good on that. But I, I do... After reading that article and taking a moment away from my uh, kicking and screaming because I want my Spider-Man. I want my MCU Spider-Man. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it is awesome that we got him. And everything we got him in was good. It was all good. And I, I will hold that dear. And I really hope that they do let him play in the MCU sandbox down the road because wouldn't it be interesting to see this is Spider-Man five years later. He's been in hiding. He went away when his identity got revealed. Aunt May has changed her name. Like witness protection shit. Happy helped him out or something. I don't know. This is just off the top of my head ideas, but wouldn't it be cool to see like five years later, this is the fallout of J. Jonah Jameson, like, fucking his world up. Uh, or rather, Mysterio through J. Jonah Jameson. But, yeah, uh, I am I am truly thankful that it worked out at all, that we, that we got what we got. And in the future, watching those movies, this won't hang over my head. They're still going to be the same good movies they were before. This doesn't ruin it. Uh, it just means that maybe down the line... We might get to see that last part come to fruition, or maybe not, but we've got years worth of awesome Marvel movies coming. There's so much more going on in the MCU. It doesn't have to all hinge on Spider-Man. It never did, and it would have been nice if Spider-Man had become the face of the MCU, the new Tony Stark, the character that they can build off of now, as they did with Robert Downey Jr. and Iron Man, but... That's just not where we're at. Oh, well. Hey, let's see what's going to happen with the Falcon and this whole Captain America thing. I'm excited to see the next Captain Marvel movie. Black Panther 2 is on the table. Those MCU Disney Plus shows are looking fascinating. Eternals is one of those things like Guardians of the Galaxy, except for now having... With Guardians of the Galaxy, when it was coming out, I was like, What? 
and and first of all, I was thinking of the other team that had Yandu on it and uh, the fucking characters, Sylvester Stallone Blade. I didn't even know the names of these guys, really. But I that's who I was thinking of. And then they're pulling out Star-Lord and Drax. And I'm, okay, all right, let's, fine, whatever. I didn't think it was going to be very good. And it was still, you know, midway through the MCU days. We were still kind of piecing together what is this whole thing going to be. Uh, and so now that I have that experience, I can go into Eternals not going like, ah, this isn't going to be very good. I can go into it with an extremely open mind, just an absolute, like, look, they've done this. They've done this. They've done this. Why can't this work? Let's fucking go. You know? Uh, and I know some people are going to think like, oh, you can have that attitude for them, but you can't have that attitude towards Sony Marvel. No, no, I can't. Fuck you. Uh, so yeah, that's where I'm at on that whole situation. Uh, and that's going to bring us to the last part of the show. Guys, in the world of nerddom, especially these days, it's easy to get behind on the things you love. And that is why we have a part of the show called Getting Caught Up. And this is the part where I tell you what I've been reading, watching, listening to, what have you. And I hope down in the comics below comments whoa obviously i've got something on my mind uh, i hope you leave down below what are you listening to reading watching blah 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 or hey what did you think about the things that i'm doing all that with uh first four reasons i have yet to explain as i said i was going to in an episode of suds and buds the next episode of suds and buds uh which i didn't lie i said it might be last week but it more than likely would be this week so uh hey now i'm beholden to friday let's do that anyways i have to cancel my netflix and dc universe subscriptions for a limited time i'm keeping hulu because honestly i watch a lot more there and my current internet situation uh is back to fucked because of frontier uh that's a whole other story but uh yeah anyways because of that, I moved some stuff up in the watching order, and I finally finished Umbrella Academy and Doom Patrol. Both of these shows are so punk rock. They are, they are when, it, when it comes to the world of superhero and comic book based films and television, this is punk rock. And I fucking loved them. Uh, Umbrella Academy was just fascinating and an awesome fucking story. Just, just the idea of these children being born with these powers and then raised in this really fucked up home by this guy and then coming together after all these years because of his death and all the things that play out. If you haven't seen it, that is why I'm not going to put any spoilers here, but if you haven't seen it, uh, check that out. You may have been leery about it because, ah, you know, I don't know anything about Umbrella Academy. Don't worry, the show's got you. You don't have to have the reading material companion. Just watch that show, and you're going to love it. Uh, and, oh, man, Ellen Page, always a fucking delight. But uh, then you've got Doom Patrol on the other side, and another person I am always entertained by brendan fraser i just watched him die again on scrubs it destroyed me as it always does and that's just science but doom patrol he plays uh they call him uh, they just call him cliff Steele. so i fucking forgot his name robot man <laughs> fuck anyways the like because 
I, I've barely read any Doom Patrol. I've read a few, like, random older comics. Like, not even, like, the good shit that, like, contributed to this show. But, yeah, Robot Man. Cliff Steel. Uh, Cliff Robot Man Steel. Whatever. Yes, it is Robot Man. Uh, Robot Man. Anyways, I love Brendan Fraser. And he's so great in this show. Even though most of it, he's just the voice. Because uh, I think that report came out or whatever. But, yeah. He does a fantastic job. Just the whole show is so weird and out there. And if you just took one episode, you'd have no idea. Like, what the fuck is going on? How does this connect to anything? But as it plays out, it all works. It's so, like, I mean, there's an episode with a donkey who has another dimension in his asshole. There's there's a fucking roach who believes he's a, a prophet of the Lord. <laughs> There's there's a man who exists in a world between the panels, uh, which means a thing. Uh, I mean, there's just so much weird. There's a sentient living town, a street named Danny, gender queer, and I thought that was a really really great episode. Anyways, how do all these things tie into this group of misfits whose leader? gets kidnapped and they decide to go find him well you just gotta watch the show to find out and you can only watch it on dc universe unless you're illegally downloading it like an asshole but it was it was fuck it was just so good it was a fun fucking ride every character is interesting not one of them do i really get bored with maybe cyborg sometimes but that's just because he's playing up this idealistic version of what he's trying to be and his character changes due to the events in the show so by the end of it he's not necessarily much different and i think we'll see more of that in a season two should we get season two but he's pissed off by the end of it that's for damn sure uh so yeah anyways uh it's I think the fucking shows are really good. You should check them out. I talked way too long about just those two shows. Uh, also, uh, sticking with DC Universe, I went ahead and started uh, Titans Season 2, even though I'm not going to be able to finish it in tandem with the release of the episodes because they release weekly. But I did want to say, man, weak fucking start to the second season. Very weak start. First of all, I thought it was ridiculous. Ridiculous! The way that they ended the first season, that wasn't a se- series, or I mean, not series, but season finale. That that was the penultimate episode before the season finale, and this premiere season two first episode is a season finale. What the fuck are they doing over there? First of all, the show's not great. Titans, a lot of fun. Some pretty cool stuff. Love the costuming. Love the concepts and the new ideas. It's just execution-wise, it kind of plugs into the, you know, kind of stuff we were getting in 2007, you know, which was fine for them for a lot of different shows. But it's, I don't know. I expect better quality out of Greg Berlanti. But that means that I did enjoy the show. I was just very frustrated with how the first season ended, and that frustration flows over into the beginning of season two because the first episode is a season finale to season one. What the fuck? 
So, and uh, maybe that frustration is a little more palpable because I know I'm probably only going to get to watch one more episode, one, maybe two, before that show goes off the air. Uh, or, <laughs> no, before I don't get to watch. Apparently, if I don't get to watch it, it doesn't exist. It's not even happening anymore. They stopped making it. Uh, anyways, yeah. Uh, so, man, I just, I, I just feel like I wasted an episode of season two. They wasted an episode of season two so they could end season one. Like, fuck you. Uh, but I, uh, moving on from that, something I've been having a great time getting caught back up with uh i've started reading teenage mutant ninja turtles again uh i'm starting back with issue 93 which is city at war part one uh and it's been good it i forgot how wordy it was but it's not dauntingly wordy it's just like wow i didn't realize i was sitting there reading for that long <laughs> kind of wordy you know but it's all pertinent it's all good dialogue uh great comic and luckily the free comic book day uh the uh, issue that takes place between 93 and 94 i'm pretty sure uh it fills in some gaps in the in the back end of it fills in some gaps and kind of like lets you know like this is what's been going on since the beginning and all the way up to here and that was really helpful for me i don't obviously they didn't do it for me but for people like me who may have taken a break uh forcefully or otherwise uh yeah, that was nice of them. But, yeah, pretty good. I finished issue 94 yesterday. I'm probably going to start 95 today. And on the subject of issue 95, why are people freaking out about the female turtle? First of all, the number one thing I'm seeing, because I kind of... I, I I got pretty good at blocking out, like, dipshits who are like, Good head girl turtle is just the four brothers that I, I will not have my turtles having titties in a vagina. That's what they sound like, right? I don't know. Nah, that's just my best estimation because they're not in my field of vision anymore because I blocked those assholes out because fuck them. And if they ever force their way into my field of vision, I slap them down real quick. Uh, anyways, now, the, the main thing I'm seeing is it's not Venus from T uh, Ninja Turtles Next Mutation, which nobody liked. I don't, I, this frustrates me to no end, this, like, nostalgic bit. I don't remember any kids liking that show when I was a kid. I kind of liked it a little bit, but as I got older, like, yeah, I was just like, no, nah, I, I remember not really liking it, but kind of forcing myself to, because it was what we had. Same thing I did for Dragon Ball Evolution, and I was an adult then. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it, it wasn't good, and I have watched it all the way through since adulthood, and no, it's not good, and Venus is not a fun character. Fuck Venus. We don't need Venus. On top of that, a lot of people are saying they just shoehorned this in. This doesn't make any sense. Bullshit. They didn't just introduce a character within two issues and then, oh, now she's a, a female turtle. No. Jenica, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how you say her name. Jenica has been there for a while now. Quite a while. And she is a very well-established and fleshed-out character. And the way this went down is... It makes perfect sense. It's great storytelling. I now, and I was saying that before, 
that it made enough sense to to use an already established character to do this without having read the story. Now that I've read what happened, fuck yes, every bit of this makes sense. The way it plays down, beat for beat, from the stabbing to the hospital to them have, having to recruit someone from the mutanimals, just like every beat of it is like, yeah, that's exactly how I would see this going down. This is how you get a female turtle. And so I just want to say, cool your jets. If you haven't read it, read it. If you haven't read it, fucking read it. If you don't know what you're talking about, get informed, then form your opinion. You don't have to like the fact that they're instituting a female turtle. You just need to at least do your homework. Come the fuck on. It's like saying two plus two is five. Just because it was the first thing that popped into your head. Even though, like, maybe you... No, that that analogy was bad. Oh, boy. Fidge, why would you let me do that? She's not talking to me right now, apparently. Anyways, yeah, that's just... That's what I had to say on that whole thing. But it's really good. I'm really enjoying it. I'm so excited to watch... Or not watch, but read. I'm so excited to set... Issue 5, 95 down on the table and just look at it for a half an hour. Uh, yeah, it, it's just I'm I'm kind of upset that I ever put the book down, but I kind of had to. And now that it's back, yeah, I'm not getting rid of it. I uh, also started showing Vin. We kind of took a detour from our Star Wars marathon, and I decided to show him the first two Terminator films because the new one's coming out, uh, number three, which is also... Technically number seven, I think. <laughs> it's, you know, hey, time travel. Uh, anyways, yeah, the the new one's coming out. It looks really good. The The trailers have me excited. I'm not even watching the new trailer. Uh, again, I think I've stated this before on the podcast. I'm kind of done just watching, like, the second or third trailers. If the first trailer does it for me, cool, we're in. If the second trailer I was kind of eh, on, I might check out the... Or, I mean, I'm sorry, if the first trailer I was kind of eh on, I might check out the second. But I'm just trying to leave more on the table for the film, you know? I, I want more surprises going in because there was a time when we would walk in and not know what we were getting. Just be excited, and I'm down for that again. Uh, yeah, if they release another Star Wars trailer, I'm no more. No more after after that last one. I probably shouldn't have even watched that last one, but I was covering all the D23 stuff. Anyways, that went really well. He enjoyed the first one okay. It, it, he had a good time with it, but he really liked the second one. And, again, this stuff just, like, it, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, of course he does. Fuck yes, he does. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm still a little bummed that he thinks the original Star Wars trilogy is boring but he's 13. Maybe he'll get it later. I don't know. I hope so. But uh, finally, the last thing I just want to say, a guy named Kevin Perger was on a show called Bunny Ears. And if none of this sounds familiar, let me explain. First of all, Bunny Ears is a podcast hosted by Macaulay Culkin. Enough said. You're good. You're welcome. Go check it out. Uh, secondly, Kevin Perger is the host of a show and more, much more than that behind the scenes, but a show called Defunct Land. And they've got other projects on there, especially Defunct TV. If you follow the Subject to Change Entertainment Facebook page, you have seen me post 
all six of the six-part documentary about Jim Henson. It's great. Please either go check out the Facebook page and check those episodes out from there or just get on YouTube and find the dude's page and and check it out. Uh, I'll probably leave a link in the description. Yeah. Anyways, great show. Mostly picks apart uh, abandoned, defunct land picks apart abandoned theme parks and like how was it, the, the history behind the creation of the park and what happened and all that. And also picks out obscure amusement park attractions and like the conception of those or even sometimes the park as a whole. And then what happened with that ride? It's just, it's really interesting. Honestly, on paper, if you had told me like there's a show that does this, this and this, I wouldn't have been too interested either. So I, I assume you're like, why do I give a fuck about like a dumbass roller coaster? No, uh, that no longer exists. But honestly, the way it plays out in this, it, it's fascinating. It's a really great show. I, I got obsessed with it. We all love amusement parks, right? So yeah. Uh, anyways, check that out. But he was on bunny ears and it was surprisingly hilarious. This guy has a great sense of humor, which I didn't necessarily know from the, the show that he produces. Although there's a little humor in there. It's not like uproarious laughter. These guys had a great time. They worked really well off of each other. I hope Kevin, Oh, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, I just solidified that uh, Macaulay Culkin would hate me. Because in that episode, they talk about how some people call him uh, Kevin. Anyways, Mac <laughs> Macaulay uh, and Kevin Perger, they have great chemistry. They work off of each other well. They should just do another podcast, just those two. That would be great. Anyways, yeah. Check all that stuff out that I'm talking about. Let me know what you guys have been, uh, you know, getting caught up on. Leave it down in the comments below or comment about anything I talked about in today's episode. Which, by the way, if you like this episode, like it. Subscribe if you loved it. You're checking this out somewhere. Well, here, why not like, comment, share your thoughts on any today's stories. Again, share and hit the bell on YouTube if you want to know when newest episodes are up. Like our nerd news page, Sort of My Comics, on Facebook, and follow Sort of My Podcast on Instagram, which is actually now subject to change entertainment, but I didn't change it in the script. Oops. Uh, check out Subject to Change Entertainment on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and all of my personal social media is down in the description below. Guys, my name is Vincent Herman, Vin the Human, and it's time to cue that depressed over Sony and Disney Fallout outro music. Why would they do this to me? Uh -huh.